1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn,
0: you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today.
2: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mick Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mick Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mick Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered, too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18-plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery
0: fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up that's why i love the fuel efficiency of honda with honda you can save your money for other things like that awesome keychain at the convenience store that brand new album you wanted or whatever else your heart desires new hondas are arriving daily see your local honda dealer and start your summer adventures today lift tickets they had a good run but now there's epic day pass choose to ski or ride one to seven days and select your resort access to vale park city and more all while paying less compared to Lyft tickets. Sorry, Lyft tickets, it's time for Epic Day Pass.
2: And welcome back to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Giannis Shineas. This is our post-match show. Just a different type of post-match show because we're going to be looking back at two Fulham victories. We're going to be looking back at the Blackburn match. And then we're also going to be looking back at the victory on Saturday for Fulham against Peterborough. So we have two matches to look at. I haven't had a chance to talk to Giannis about it. So we're going to go in-depth and really break down those matches. I know... The Blackburn match was a while ago, but I kind of still want to talk about a 7-0 victory. I hope Giannis does. I have a feeling he will. On top of that, we have a couple bonus topics that we I hope to get to. One involves the Fabio Carvalho situation. The other one is, is kind of interesting that I want to get Giannis' thoughts on. It, believe it or not, involves Slavisa Jokanovic and a YouTube channel called Chef United actually doing an episode, Slav in or Slav out. I find it interesting. I commented on that on their YouTube channel in the comment section, and we're going to talk about that as well. But enough of talking about Slav, talking about other things. Let's talk about Fulham. Giannis, are you ready to talk about? Let's go and talk about the Blackburn victory. We're going to talk about both matches. Mm-hmm. And this was a shock to me. This was, again, uh, we, I haven't really talked about this yet because I started a new job last week and really didn't have a chance to do a show during the week. So this is my first time talking about this victory. Just give me your overall thoughts. I know it was almost a week ago of this 7-0 victory for Fulham. Well,
1: it was a bit of a shocker. I don't think any of us sort have of predicted it. I mean, it, he would park on a Wednesday night. And I think it's a long journey up. Um, we hadn't had the, the happiest of times when we'd gone up northwest. And, um, I mean, we got off to a quick start. Um, we were two goals up um and then i think i mean the wheels the the, 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 the van heck getting sent off yep you know the wheel the wheel sort of came off and then in the second half we just went we went we went for the jugular and you know i think it's been coming for a while that we you know we were gonna um we were going to hammer a team, but one of the last teams I'd have expected is Blackburn because, you know, they've been decent. I, yeah. You know, they lost Adam Armstrong to Southampton, but they, you know Ben Brookes and Diaz has, has done super, and, and I think I think Tony Mowbray's done a decent job up there. But if you'd said to me before the game, you know, we score seven, Mitra only scores one, you know, Muniz comes on scores a couple, Cabana gets a couple, so does Wilson. I'd have laughed at you. It was a shocker. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's proof positive. You know, sometimes you win games and you're not as good as you think you are, and um, sometimes it's a false storm. I mean, Peterborough was 72 hours late, and that was going to be a much tougher game, but still in disbelief that we scored seven against Blackburn. But as is the championship, they rebounded on Saturday and got a win. So
2: that's right, yeah, that's right. It's the championship, Giannis. And going in into talking about when we talk about later, the Peterborough match. I mean, Peterborough had given up a ton of goals. And then you have the situation that we had on Saturday, which is fascinating. It just shows how difficult it is to beat any opponent. Even if you're coming off of a 7-0 victory and you're feeling good about yourself, you still have to beat the opponent. and found a way to win, and that's the rewarding part. And we'll talk about the, that in the second half of the show. But let's, again, just focus on Blackburn. And let's just start from the beginning because... Giannis, Fulham are so good from the beginning of matches and to score two goals the way that they did to really get Fulham going sets everything up. We'll talk about the turning point of the match. I think you're going to agree with me that it was the red card. I, I, I don't think you can go anywhere but that pin the turning point. But they still scored two goals to start the match. And again, you've talked a lot about Bobby Deca We're going to obviously yeah. focus on Cabano's goal, but you don't have Cabano's goal. Without Bobby decadova Reed, and he basically got past a former Fulham player to do it. Teo Eden, Good I team believe. Team, yeah. So let's talk about the opening goal here.
1: Brilliant goal, absolutely brilliant goal because it looked like he was he was cool on a little bit of skill, and he's taking it right to the byline. And Naskin's Cabana, who I would argue, apart from Mitro, is probably the first player on the on the team sheet. I agree. But he's he's just been absolutely magnificent, and. Um, he, he did what all good strikers do. He hit it first time. He didn't think twice. Keep, but Kaminsky had no chance, and it was it was you know we're six minutes into the game on the road, and it's the perfect start. And Blackburn really didn't recover from that. They looked, they just looked disjointed. They looked discombobulated, which is for Tony Mowbray's side you don't often see. Um, so it was a great start. But as I said, Bobby Reed really, really made that with that run and just cutting yep. it back. Um, so we're one up and then before, you know, Mitro, uh, did, did his thing again. Absolutely. And that leads us
2: to talk about Mitro's goal. And it's funny, Giannis, because I've seen him score all different types of goals. It's actually, I think, very rewarding to watch Fulham have so much success off of set pieces, especially off of corners. And he is just lethal in the air. And, uh, there's been a lot of criticism. To Mowbray and Blackburn, how do you have someone that short covering Mitro? I to- I totally agree with that, but that shouldn't take away from the goal here, Giannis.
1: Yeah, no, and it's not so much the header. The header was incredible because it was, it was a thumper, but it was the run. I mean, this is the thing. You know, look at the, the Peter game. You know, Darren Ferguson was moaning about how you let a, a strike of, you know, Mitro's caliber get a free header from four yards out. It's not so much from four yards out. It's the movement. He, it's it's where his movement has really, really improved. And the the move he made to meet that header, the way he did, was absolutely superb. And I mean you could you could hear the thud of his head as he timed it beautifully. Kaminsky again, you know, he's he's the 20 minutes in, they're two goals down. Kaminsky's not done he's not done anything wrong. He's made a couple of good saves before That's right. before that. And Mowbray's probably thinking, Oh god, you know, like what on earth is happening it was a fantastic goal. Mitro is um Mitro's doing things that, that um, you know, I mean, there's so many improvements to his game. I just think a lot of it is to do with he's got a lot more confidence, he's fitter. I, I still believe he's lost some weight and I think it's just, he's just grown uh, into that. You know, he's grown up over the year. And, and I think part of it as well is, is you know that, the fact that the, he's got pride and, and the way he was treated last year, he yep. believes has shot it. And he's come back with vengeance. And I've, I don't think... Scott Parker helped himself by turning around and saying, "Well, Dominic Solanke is the best striker in the division. Solanke's <laughs> having, and Solanke's having a very good. I think he's a good striker. He's very right? good, yeah. honestly. He's very good. But, but he's not a he's not a Mitro. Mitro's scoring goals for absolute fun, uh, absolute fun. And that header was just a bullet. And then, so you're two goals up, yep. and you're you're going, oh crumbs, we, let's get something before half time. And then uh, Van Heck decides he wants to try and decapitate Harry Wilson, and then, uh, they were down at ten men."
2: That's right, Giannis, and that to me is the turning point of this match. And I've had people tell me they've seen situations like this. I can't remember the last time I've seen a player do something like this. You know, again, it's funny. I was watching a video, and they uh, were talking about, and again, it was a Blackburn video, talking about comparing it to the Karate Kid. And uh, it's just it's funny. I've never seen anything quite like it. I'm just curious what he was thinking at the time the Blackburn player because this again Fulmer up 2-0 and anything can happen when you're up two goals. You the other team if whoever scores the next goal we know. But you get the red card. The game is not over, but it's changed dramatically. It's gonna be very difficult for Blackburn at this point, near impossible. And that turned out to be the case, Giannis.
1: Yeah it was a lot of, and I, I actually have a I have a modicum of sympathy for Van Heck because he's not that kind of player and I think he got betwixt and between the sort of challenge he was going to make, and he got caught right. in the worst possible way. And it looked it looked a lot worse than I think it was. Uh, I don't think the ref had any any option but to send him off. Uh, it was just an odd it was just an odd event. Um, I don't think there was malice. I just think the timing and a change of decision. Hey, that can happen all the time. Right. Um, but he put his, his 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 team behind the eight ball, and by that time, you know, um, it, it's a quarter of an hour till time. And you know that um, at halftime, Mark was going, "Look, we're two goals up and ten men here. We're going to have some real fun and games." And um, once Van Heck was sent off, they they had no chance of coming in that uh, coming back. And the lads showed their ruthlessness uh, in terms of capitalising on an advantage. And um, but they had some fortune, I think. I think you know, seven nothing on the night. Maybe, but we're not seven goals better than Blackburn, and we know that. No, no,
2: I don't think anyone would say that, I think it's just one of those matches, you know, like you've said several times, other fans have said to me that we're just going to take someone, really, we're just going to take someone out big time. We're, we're, We're going to run up the score on someone. And it turned out to be Blackburn, but the situation presented itself. And I'm glad that you mentioned this because we're going to go to the second half and Fulham, you know, again, I wouldn't say cruised in the first half, but they didn't build on the lead. I don't know what if Silva said something to them at at halftime, but again, Fulham were ruthless in the second half. And I don't know if you want to give credit to Mowbray or take away some praise on him just in general, because he sent out his team to try to stay in the match and didn't sit back, and maybe that opened things up a little bit for Fulham. He he wasn't playing for, I guess you could say, a, a moral victory or or trying to keep the score down he was actually trying to stay in the game so but that led to Fulham having opportunities and back to back my friend let's talk about Harry Wilson's goals here because uh he put his arm up you have the situation with Mitro getting the ball to uh to him you know and again it's just two beautiful goals let's talk let's talk about both situations for Harry Wilson
1: well, I mean, uh, Mitro was involved in setting up both goals. The cross first, was, it was a ball the first ball. goal was a beautiful cross-field ball. And he's, t- he's taken it with pace and he's driven it, you know, bottom right of the keeper. It's a good goal. And then the second one was even better because he's drawn the defenders and he's curled it beautifully around Kaminsky. And really, Kaminsky um, really can't can't be blamed for any of the seven. I mean, this was these were good goals. And Wilson... Is a is a very very tricky player because his his innate ability not just to come in from the right but do it at pace. He's he's very much he reminds me of of Damien Duff. Um and 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 with Damien Duff you knew exactly which foot he was going to end up with, and it was you'd say well you know this is how you're going to you're going to mark him, but the problem is you've got to stop him. You know it's right. one thing trying to mark a player out of a game, but they only need one moment, and Peterborough found that out on Saturday. Um, there were two superb goals, and so we're an hour, we're an hour in, and we're, we're four goals up. Right. And you're thinking, this is um, this is a little bit weird. I mean, it's great, but it's a bit weird that we're four goals up on Blackburn. But as we were to find out, um, we had more fun and games in the way. We
2: did, my friend, and that's going to lead to the fifth goal from Niskan Skibano. Now, this is a deflection, let's be honest, but again – Here's a player that's taking advantage of his opportunities, scores another goal. And again, this is not a bad goal from Niskin's Cabano. Like I said, it was a deflection. But now you're up 5 though, Giannis.
1: What was going through your brain when this went in? Well, Martha Silva's talked about the importance of wanting all the strikers to support Mitro. And not just in terms of setting up goals, but scoring goals and chipping. In. And he said the same thing about the midfield. So when you look back in the game, you say, OK, well, Mitra scored one or seven, but you've got the, the two wingers, Wilson and, and Cabana, getting four goals between them. And I think that's really important because they're going to look at Mitra's 20 goals and say, well, OK, right, we know we're going to do what Peterborough did on, on Saturday, which is basically double market. But right. you've got you've got dangers on either side as well. And, and what I think Silva's looking to do, he's really looking for his, not just his wingers, but also the midfielders to chip in with goals. He, he thinks that is going to be really, really important because then... Teams that just can't hunt one or two or even three players. You've got to look at half a dozen players that are danger, d- dangers, and um, that was the big thing for me. Is that the Cabano and, and, and Wilson got a couple each because that's um, right. It really makes um, it's difficult to plan against playing that way. Just because you know you can say you're going to do one thing, but you do another. And and um, what we show, what we've shown this season on this run. Is that we just need moments? It's, it's just that moment.
2: That's and right, Yanis. That's a great way to put it.
1: And defensively, we, you know, teams can look pretty solid, but then there's just one, you know, there's just one thing. That, that, but good back- teams
2: do this, Yanis. Good teams. And you know, all it takes is a moment.
1: Yep. I mean, I think of the, the goal that Mitro, uh, the back pass from Snodgrass against West Brom. I mean, it, it's come from nothing, but it's a moment. It's, you know, not, Snodgrass is extremely. Experienced player, and only he'll know why he played that back pass um, to Sam Johnson. But it's just you seize on those moments, and um, I think that once the third goal went in, when the f- first Wilson goal went in, you could t- tell that they were smelling. <coughs> excuse me, they were smelling blood, and um, this was going to get. This was going to turn out to be a little ugly. And uh, Cabana scores his second, and now, um, now you're looking at five nothing.
2: And at that point, Yanis, it's funny because I'm thinking, okay, enough is enough. Okay, let's just finish this off. And you can look at this two ways. Is it piling on or are they just basically saying, stop us, stop us. If, If you don't want the goals to come in, stop us. And they could not stop them. So how can you really blame Fulham for scoring a couple more goals? And, of course, you bring on a striker that is looking to score, who's hungry. Yep. And this, to me, is, again, a great sign for Fulham because we're talking about Mitro, and I've heard all the talk, what happens if he gets injured? Well, you have a striker here who's hungry. We still don't know exactly what we have yet in Rodrigo Muniz, But Giannis, both of these goals, I think, are fantastic finishes. And yeah. th- these are positive yeah. signs because, again, I don't know, you know. There's been talk about, can you play them together? Do you have him come in at certain times for Mitro? I think this kid is up for the challenge, my friend. These two goals show me
1: talent. Yeah, it might, it might it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the January transfer window because uh, something that I, I was thinking about the other day, I'm wondering if there are teams out there who are going to look at Mitro and go, you know, you know, it's a difficult time of the year to sign players and if you want to by good players, you are going to pay a premium, but I am wondering if the club might be might be tempted by a bid uh, because. Oh, I
2: don't know, Janus.
1: Well, Mitro, well, right now, the way that Mitra is playing and the number of goals he scored, there are teams out there I can guarantee you that are looking very closely at him. It may not, it, it could be in England, but it could be it could be in Europe. And then it begs the question: what is someone like Mitrovic worth right now? And I, he's, he's dub, at least doubled his value this year. Oh, ha- and, absolutely, and, yes, Absolutely. And what, happens, what happens if somebody comes and says, right, we're going to offer you 40, 45, 50 million, something like that. Because it, because right now, he's in the form of his life for us, but he's in the form of his life for Serbia. And he has been for the last couple right. of years. So then it, it's, you, you know, it, it, money, no, no player, no player is ever um, off the market. And it does... Munez playing is important because we know we've got wingers that can score. Munez has been given limited opportunities, but as he showed, especially that second goal, that header was absolutely superb. Uh, he can score too. Um, it's the depth we're going to need, but the more that Meechov scores goals and the more success he's having, the more... The value goes up. Yeah. yeah, he's opening eyes to other, And there are there, there are clubs, I am guarantee right now, looking at him. And going okay well, this guy's 20 goals uh, in 16 in 16 games that's that's or 17 games that's just crazy
2: that, right. That, but right but but giannis and, and i understand what you're saying because you could probably get big money maybe double what you thought you could get from Mitro, but i'll throw this back at you what's more value valuable to you is it the money you could get from Mitro or getting promotion to the premier league because that money's a lot more so you take them out of the mix yeah. you might Give yourself less, probably a less of a chance of getting automatic promotion. So you have to weigh that. If you're asking me, you don't do it. But again, it could be silly money that you might have to at least take a look at it. But I think his value is, believe it or not, higher to foam with him than without him.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, 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 I mean, obviously, the, 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 you know, the, the players love him, the club love him, the supporters love him. There's a lot of value um, that goes beyond the goals. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I just never discount the, the silly money bit because it's a January window. There are teams <laughs> in the, agree the, with the you. Premier League that right now would kill to have a metro. Oh, I totally agree. And one of them, funnily enough, would be Newcastle. <laughs> uh, I mean, they, 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 they really, if you look at this, uh, that side, well, Callum Wilson, we know his effectiveness. The problem yep. is he's a walking inj- injury nut. Um, New Car- um, he knows the Newcastle set up. They now got funded by billionaires. We know that. And they do have the money. Uh, and now they've got, you know, Eddie Howe coming in. So they've got a manager of pedigree. And, um, you know, you look at the amount of money that, that Southampton paid for, Adam, paid for Adam Armstrong. Right. Um, it, it, it's going to be very interesting to see if anybody... I. I, I I think he's playing so well right now that the teams are going to uh, look and say, well, if we want to be in a certain position at a certain time, is it worth, sh- you know, w- are we going to put it on offer, but maybe they can't refuse. Jenny's I, 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 transfer window is 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 daft because you just don't know um, how desperate teams are. It'd be interesting to see. Obviously, I hope we keep it, but, um, okay. you know, I, I wouldn't discount anything at this rate. Okay, and that's a
2: valid point there, Giannis, because teams are going to come in with silly money. You'd be silly not to at least listen. You have to listen because any player, like you said, there's a price for any player. I'm just saying you have to weigh losing the player with the money, and is that more important than what he means to you? And, And that's what you have to weigh. But as the money goes up, that decision gets harder and harder. I, I totally agree with you on that, my friend. Totally agree with you. Real quick, man of the match who was your man of the match for this?
1: I think it was nice. um, I, ju- I just think I mean, he just he just tore an absolute strip out of them. That I mean, I thought Wilson was excellent as well. It was, um, I I show a little bit of love. I'm gonna show a little bit of love to. to, to I mean, you wouldn't get mad at match. I don't Hector coming in, you know. Tosin being um, ab- um, absent through suspension, difficult for a player to do, but I thought we did. He had a pretty good game as well. Um, but Cabana just he, he just ripped the shreds out of Blackburn. They, had, they couldn't deal with his pace or his change of pace, his crossing ability, dribbling. Just it was, they, they were having. Um, I think they had Nyambe up at right back, and Lennon was trying to back him, and it was it wasn't working for either of them. They just couldn't stop him. So for me, it was. Um, Nice kids.
2: excellent okay and as to go back to our conversation about Mitra this is from Wayne Walden hi Russ Mitro is king of home and we love him at the college this is all true this is absolutely true you could see a player and a supporter base just basically just loving each other and he does love the club there's no doubt on that but I think where Giannis is going it's more to do with a club it's like what do you do if someone comes in for a silly bid You know how much Nitro loves the club, but you also have to consider the business of Fulham Football Club, what's most important. That's why it's an interesting topic from Giannis, because if someone's going to throw money, silly money at you, I think you have to listen, but then you have to weigh everything that goes along with it. But to Wayne's point, Giannis, the club, and of course the supporters love Nitro, and he loves them.
1: Yeah, he's he's a, a firm favourite for sure. I mean, it's, it's um, as I said, it's going to be very very interesting. I mean, as soon as we get promoted, um, we look, could look like a really good side with rejuvenated Metro. I just wouldn't discount, um, you know, teams in the Premier League or leagues around Europe, or even you know, somebody still in Europa League or Europa Conference yep. or Champions League that might say, well, this guy's scored more goals than anyone else in the top two divisions of any league in in um, in Europe. And therefore, you know, you've got to look at him and say, geez, this guy's he's he's on course to break records that, you know, are, are crazy to think could be broken. So, you know, I think I still think that under the radar there'll be a, a couple of bids. But um I'm I'm, I'm curious to see what will happen. Should be interesting.
2: Okay. Here's from Sean Kennedy. Selling Metro, interesting talking point. Not going to happen, not this season anyway. I think, uh, I think Sean will end up being right, but I think the club should listen if the offers are crazy. I think you have to listen, but that doesn't mean that you have to act on it. You just have to weigh what's most important to Fulham Football Club. You need to put Fulham Football Club first. I've said this time and time again, and one of the ways you do that is that you have to look at all avenues to better yourself, And what's best for Fulham Football Club? Would it be selling Mitro at a crazy amount? Or would it be holding on to Mitro and helping you get promoted to the Premier League and let him do what he's doing now in the championship in the Premier League under Silva? A lot of interesting things. I'm glad that Giannis has brought this to the table. It's something that we're going to have to follow. Thank you, Giannis. All right, coming up next, we have some interesting topics for the middle of the show. And at the end of the show, we're going to talk about the other victory
0: performed, yes, against Peterborough. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand-new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily, See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Lift tickets—they had a good run, but now there's Epic Day Pass. Choose to ski or ride one to seven days, and select your resort access to Vail, Park City, and more—all while paying less compared to lift tickets. Sorry, lift tickets. It's time for Epic Day Pass. When traders tell us how to make Thinkorswim even better, we listen. They asked for a version they could access anywhere. No download necessary. We heard them. And when they asked to execute a preset trade strategy in seconds, we said absolutely. Feedback like this inspired us to build Thinkorswim Web, and it continues to push us. So our entire suite of platforms never stops getting better. Because platforms this innovative aren't just made for traders. They're made by them. Thinkorswim by TD Ameritrade.
2: Okay, Giannis. Last week, there was an article out basically saying that Fabio Carvalho turned down a, a money deal, a, an improved contract from Fulham. What are your thoughts about the ongoing situation with Fabio Carvalho? We've talked about him on the show. It's a tough one for Fulham. It's a tough one for Fabio. It's a tough one for everyone involved because it's the last year of his deal. So that's why we're having this conversation. Your thoughts on everything going on with Fabio Carvalho.
1: Well, I don't. I mean, he came back from his, his COVID thing and the injury that he had. I mean, we don't want it to be a distraction. You know, I, I'm I'm very much of the opinion if he's decided he's going to leave, and I've been hearing rumours that Liverpool might want to put a bid in or whatever they want to do, then really why should it be around the, the why should be should he be in the lineup? The argument against, of course, is that if he's available and he could help you get promotion, then you might as well utilise him. That's because my it, argument. Yeah, it's, it does. It does leave us a sour taste in the mouth because of the players that slip through the cracks at academy, and it raises the, the, you know, the question as to whether we should have an academy, knowing that at the end of the day we're going to have these these players basically stolen um, by other clubs. I think it's a distraction. I think um, Marco Silva's got an interesting dilemma. I think if he's if he's made it abundantly clear to the club that he has no intentions of signing, I wouldn't play him another minute. Uh, I wouldn't even utilize him because I think we've got enough depth, strength in depth, and I think we could always get one or two low knees or whatever at the January deadline that make our squad even 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 deeper. Um, if, however, he's sitting on the fence, I know he's getting a new agent in January. That's right. Then um, play him as much as you can. But, but the, the problem, of course, is he has to get into the lineup. And... Right now, with Tom Kearney back from injury. You have got Reed and Seri in there. So, Seri's looked a little bit off color last couple of games, but you've got very good players. In there. you've got Chaloba that's going to come back. Uh, come back in. You got Josh on, on I think I don't think Kenny is. Uh, Reading tells Kenny is not doing so well at the, at the club. But there's enough depth there, so that Fabio Cavallo has got to buy his time. And uh, if you look at you know take the Peterborough game where you're playing Bobby Reed playing in front of. Sari and um, that's right. And and Reid, you know, now you've got you you've got a fight to get time. Nobody's nobody's entitled has a manifest destiny to start every game. I mean, that's the way it is. Um, as long as it's not a distraction. If he if he doesn't want to play, just sit and park him in the under twenty threes. If he's dithering or doddering, or, you know, see what you can do. I think the kid's only eighteen. His head's been turned. That's right. That's what and, I think
2: is going on here, Giannis.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, I just don't want it to be a distraction. I think Marco Silva's smart enough to, to realize that if it is if it does become a distraction, don't, just eliminate that distraction so that the, the players in the squad that want to be here um, put the effort in and um, uh, put the work in and get the results so that we, uh, we make the top two and get promoted back to Premier League.
2: It's an interesting dilemma, Giannis, and like I said, Can you blame the player? Can you blame the club? Or is this just uh, the situation at hand because it went to his final season? And like we've already heard, again, there are reports out there that he's changing agents, and he can't officially do that until I believe January. So that has also caused some of the issues. We're hearing that he turned something down, but again, I think uh, we're going to have to wait until January. And my argument on the other side of this is – He's a good player. As long as he's not a distraction, why not get the most out of him? But I will say this, and I said this to you before. If it gets to the point where either he becomes a distraction or you know he's not going to resign with you, then you need to go to plan B, which would be selling him in January. Yeah. But we're not there yet. So, But here's the thing. Fabio is going to have to fight his way into playing right now because there are so many players in front of him right now. I still see his value. I see what he can offer. There's a part of me that wants to see him play. In fact, I do want to see him play. I'll just stress that as long as he is not a distraction to the club and just does his job. I can live with a situation that is at hand Giannis, but if it becomes a problem, then you need to get rid of him. But again, I don't think we're there yet. So I, this will be an ongoing situation. We'll have to be following with Fabio Carvalho. And I think it's going to take us to January. And then I think things will all flush itself out. I do hope he stays with Fulham. I do hope he signs with Fulham on a long term deal. I, I think that'd be great, but only time will tell. And we're just going to have to watch it. Okay, there, my friend. All right. Let me just see. Let's see what, if we have any comments on it. Let's see. Here's a comment from Colton Wright. Some blame must be on the club. This is becoming a pattern. Do you blame the club on this, Giannis, for the Fabio situation?
1: I think it's a combination of all three, um, and I think it goes also goes back to the director, of, you know, director of football scouting. Whatever well, I mean, you have to have a hierarchy there. You've got a bunch of players there that are professionals, you know, and um, they want to play at a certain level. And of course, you know, you 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 pay. You play to pay the bills, and we've known about the situation for a while. So why has the club been dithering? And uh, and um, there's a reason I blocked Tony Khan because I don't want to hear any more from him. I, I don't want to see any more of his AEW thing because he's. I think he's a big he's a big part of this. I, okay. don't, give, I don't give a flying stuff about his wrestling, um, and I'm just no. Um, if we lose another player, I mean, I lost we lost Roberts. Obviously, um, a few years ago. But Harvey Elliott is still one that stings. Yep. And if we lose this that would be an even bigger sting. And, um, you know, whether it's procrastination or just the process is wrong, we can't afford to lose good young players um, if we have the chance of actually, you know, signing them up. So I think it's probably everybody's at, everybody's at fault. I hope it gets resolved. So do I. But, but, but he's going to be a good player, and I think. At some point, you have to review and say, Look, we've got this academy that we develop, develop. You know, under 18s are very, very successful, and 16s too. But why are we losing these players? What are we doing wrong? What, why are we not being proactive in terms of signing them? Is it Are we giving them the opportunities to make the first team? You know, you, and you look at last year when we got promoted, sorry, and the, the, you know, the number of loanies that we brought in and the number of young players that couldn't get an opportunity. And, and that's the sort of thing you, you want players to come through the system that know the Fulham way. Exactly. You, you imagine playing for X amount of years and then, you, you know, you get players coming This There like, should
2: be a path. There should be a clear oh, path from the academy to the first team, a feeder system on a consistent basis, that's, Giannis.
1: That, that's the way it should be. But instead we end up signing players like um, Ivan Caviero, who uh, – who honestly, if he plays another, if he starts another game for Marco Silva, I'm rioting. Forget it. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, and you, and you, and it's funny. You look at the, the six runs on the trot. He's not been part of it. That's no accident. I know he's injured. You don't want anybody to get injured. Right. But it's, 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 we're, we're a, we're, a, we're a different team without him because you can target him. I actually, I actually think he's not he's, I don't think he's a striker. I think he's a fullback. Actually, I think he'd be a good stay-at-home fullback. He's big, he's strong. He's got his first touch is decent. Um, I think as a reliable fullback, a right back, I think yep. he'd do a good job. But but as a striker, you're not getting. And, and this last year, Scott had this compulsion to play him, and then Mark at the start of the season. The Same play. thing. And how does he get back in now when you've got Hector, Mitro and Niskins uh, up front? There's just no way. There's no way there's not, no. you shouldn't even be in the 18 because you look at the bench and you go, well, who are you going to bench? Like you need defenders, you need midfielders, you need strikers and you need a goalie in set with seven spots. So it'd be yep. a waste of a, it's, it's a waste of a spot if he's even in the 18. Okay. So But anyway, just, just okay. me blabbering. about that.
2: <laughs> Not a problem, my friend. Okay. Final topic before we head on talking about the Peterborough victory. And this is something that I found interesting. It was on YouTube. I actually got a word about it, and I was fascinated by the topic. It's on the YouTube channel, Chef United Way, and I actually commented on it as Cottage Talk. So you could see my comment. The episode is called in" or out." Now, I find this fascinating, and I'm not going to pretend to tell you that I've watched a lot of matches from Sheffield United. I haven't, and I – see the results, and the results are not great. But I have seen a history with Savisa Jokanovic to know that he's a very good manager. And I know that he came into a situation, Giannis, that was not his own players. Okay? They were Wilder's players. And if I remember in our first season with Savisa, he came in at a very difficult time. They still weren't his players. He kept us in the division, and then he built his team next season. So, so Visa comes in, and I think it might take him a while to get his players to play his style. I say you got to have patience with him. I'm just surprised, I guess I shouldn't be, that Sheffield United supporters are having this conversation. To the credit of the host of this podcast, they both said they are Slavin, but people are talking about it, so they felt a the need to do a video on this. Your thoughts, Giannis, on the topic Slav in or Slav out?
1: I think it's ridiculous, really. I mean you know, um obviously Slava took took um took over from, from Chris Wilder and um and they have struggled. We know this sort of expansive footy that um Slava likes to promote. But if you took a look, I mean their last game, Sheffield United lost three one at Blackburn and Saturday. They did. If you took a, take a look at their lineup from Saturday, I think there's only probably two players in that eleven that I would keep. I keep Olsen in net, and I still think that that Ryan Brewster has something left. If you look at that okay. back four, Basham, Egan, Stevens, they got smashed in the Premier League. Norwood was great for us, but he's passed it. Fleck, no, nah, not happening. Gibbs White, overrated. Osborne Sharp, no, nah. they're not. They're not. They're not a good side, and he's, and these are, these are wildest players. That's right. So for me, um, he needs, he needs um, three transfer windows to turn this around. And I know there's always the assumption of, okay, you get the parachute payments and what have you. They're not a very good side. They, weren't, they were poor last year. And Chris Wilder was, you know, blah, 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 blah and He did great things at Sheffield United. Um, I, I think he did decent things, but only to a point. Uh, but some of these signings have been questionable, and you can't make a chicken salad a chicken muck, and they're a chicken muck side, absolutely. Yes,
2: if you really look at their team, and I'm glad that you were naming the players. Yeah, what Slavisa and Sheffield United need to do is they need to clear out the rot, they need to get rid of the rot because it was heading downwards. And when you go with the same team or a similar team than you had in your last season in the Premier League, well. It was trending in the wrong direction, and they probably needed a change. Well, they brought in Savisa, but if you're going to bring in Savisa, a completely different type of coach from Wilder, you have to give him players that will play his style. And I don't think, you know, again, I'm not watching. I don't know. I'm asking the question. All I do know is that I believe in Savisa Jokanovic, and if you give him a chance and you give him time and you're patient, he
1: will turn Sheffield United around. I truly believe that. Yeah. And I I don't think they're going to get relegated or anything like that. I just, um, you know, they might, they might, they might be on on the periphery, but I I just think they're a muck side.
2: Look at Fulham first season. We almost got relegated. He kept us out from being relegated and look what happened after that. Exactly.
1: He needs, he needs a really, really good transfer window. Uh, He can pick up a couple of players in January, but he needs a really strong transfer window. Uh, in the summer and get some and get some good players that are gonna establish their identity. Right now, you know, Sheffield United are fantastic support wherever they go around the country in a home, but it's not a good side. I understand the a frustration with Sheffield United fans. Yeah, I do too. I get it. But it's not it's not to do with Slava. It's to do with the rubbish they've got. It's then the it's it's the rubbish they've got. They're they're, they're not a very good side now of course we've not played them yet and it'd be so full of if we were to lose to them <laughs> but I still but I still just you know you know I, to me they're just a plodding I've seen them a few times they're plodding side and um that's not Slava's way and he just no it's not have, he hasn't got the horses so um for me it's Slava in and, and I know that for all of us or most of us we'd hope that he succeeds there because you know of the job he did with us
2: Absolutely, and I'll say this to any Sheffield United supporter that watches this. I want Savisa Jokonovic to succeed. I love him at Fulham, and I want him to do well for you. I truly mean that. I want him to do well for you because of what he did for Fulham. He's a great coach. Give him a chance. Stick by him. Get him his players, and you're going to see the results that you want. You're not seeing them now, and that is part of the problem is the last regime, which is call what it is. Nothing against Wilder, but when you ask a manager like Jokonovic to use his players, it just isn't going to work the way no, that not. it should. That's and not. and that's what I think you're seeing. I think it's ridiculous, but it's Slavin for me. And that's I'm just going to share this as a comment from uh, darkwing Double Zero Nine. Sheffield United only seven points off playoffs, form more worse off with Jokonovic. At this time of the season, okay. Interesting comment. I, I'm not 100 sure about that, but I'll I'll trust you on that. Okay, my friend. Let's now look at the Peterborough match. Now, what's interesting about this? When you now, when we talk about this, it's fascinating because Fulmer coming off of this seven nil victory, Yanis, and as a supporter, I'm thinking to myself, well, they should still be able to handle this team. You know, they they should still be able to score multiple goals. I actually predicted 3-1. to And then when you look at how many goals that Peterborough have given up, you're thinking, okay, they're going to give up a few goals. But football doesn't work that way. Teams prepare to beat the other team. And even though I I don't like all the words from Darren Ferguson after the match, he set up his team well to defend against Fulham and beat them on the counter. I want to give him credit for that. But Fulham did enough, Giannis. Good teams find ways to win. Fulham are a very good team. Dare I say they're the best team in the championship. I know, obviously, they're not in first. But I think when everything plays itself out, they will be. That's just my opinion. But I just got to tell you, it's a weird thing to say. Are you more happy with the 1-0 victory against Peterborough or more happy with a 7-0 victory against Blackburn? This one. I'm more happy about this one, Giannis. It showed me character.
1: Yeah. I, two, I've got two very good friends that live in Peterborough, and they're both season ticket holders. So, you know, there's always a lot of banter going back and forth about them, about, um, about you know, the upcoming games. Obviously, they just got promoted from League One. And the thing that I got from them was that um, Peterborough a good side at home. They, uh, they tend to play... A bit more expansive at home. They're difficult to break down. They're very comfortable at home. And that's why teams are finding it very hard. I mean, I, I watched, as in, you know, I watched when Peter the played West Brom <clears throat> and West Brom won it on the last minute. And I thought, um, I thought people were very, very unlucky. And I, so I knew it was going to be a difficult game. And I think they would have been a little bit more buoyed because of the fact that we were taking so many fans up there as well. It's not a local, it's not a local. 4,000, Giannis. Let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah, it's it, uh, fantastic support. I mean, it's, it's it's less than an hour away from London. And um, it's, you know, it, it, they're a team near the bottom, <clears throat> but this is the reason why they get promoted. It's like when, you know, you go to the Premier League, you you don't get to go to the Premier League to get the chance to play Burnley, nobody cares. But you get the chance to play, you know, Liverpool, Chelsea, City, Arsenal, Tottenham, whatever. And for Peterborough, playing a team like us is a sort of, you know, it's like the they, they cup final. And they... I thought played very well. I mean, they, they um, you know, I thought we got off to a good start. Yep. Um, I thought the the field was a little bit bobbly, um, but they adapted very well, and um, you know, we took some time to get into get into it, and um, they they had chances, and uh, it was a very good test. But sometimes we run a bit, we get you know, we fall a little flat on our faces. A couple of years ago, you know, unless I mention again the Barnsley. Oh. Yeah, and, and 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 you know, b- bearing in mind that um, you know Reading, low middle table, beat us at the cottage. Blackpool, newly promoted, you know, beat us up up in the northwest. We haven't played Barnsley yet. We've not played Derby yet. Um, but you know, these teams are going to give us a hard time. And it was a good right. game. We, we had to we had to really. It was a good win because we had to really really tough it out because on the whole. I thought they, Peterborough did a really good job of nullifying our threat. And, Absolutely,
2: uh, So And again, that's why I kept putting up the graphic. Major yeah. credit to Peterborough because Darren Ferguson, his players, executed well. They stopped us. And that, to me, is not an easy thing to do. You could say putting everyone behind the ball is easy. I think you have to work very hard. And I thought eventually they would tire out. Maybe they did in the end. But they hung in there for a good period of time in the and credit to them. They created some very good opportunities, my friend. And this is when I have to get your thoughts on Merrick Rodak, especially. Well, I could talk about overall, but this is just in the first half, you know, again, you could say that they're saves that he should make, but he's making these saves. Giannis, he's showing me confidence. And honestly, he came up big throughout the match. He was my man of the match, by the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he was superb. That 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 save off Clark Harris was absolutely brilliant, and he's he's been um, you know, you think Casaniga came in at the start of the season, and you know he's he's, he's obviously worked hard. And he's been patient. Something that that Marco and the coaching staff saw where they thought right at the time was right. Forget the League Cup, um, but to, to bring him in and and we won six straight and. Um, you know, it's not the saves you make, it's when you make the saves and that's a right. save off. That save off Clark Harris was 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 was, was absolute mint money, anything you wanna put it, because that preserved our win. And um I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. And he's and it's it's important for him because you know uh he was discarded again, obviously we lose Tosin. But he strikes me as a very quiet leader. Um, the defenders tend to trust him, the team trusts him, they're playing hard for him. Um, you know, our goal difference is fantastic, but I think as, as pleasing is the fact that we're, you know, we're we're, um, we're keeping clean sheets, which I think is great. Um, Peterborough probably felt they, they could have got a goal, but you know what? That's why you've got the keepers that you do. That's right. And uh, Rodak certainly earned his money and uh, and good for him. And, um, you know, it, Deserve a man of the match. That that one save was 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 was, was magnificent and it was it, it was timely and it, it kept uh, it kept the three points in the back.
2: It saved the victory. Yes, it did. It did. It absolutely mm-hmm. did, Yanis. And uh as we continue to talk about the first half, and I, I don't think uh this is uh a statement that is not valid. It was a bad first half for Fall. It really was you know, and again, like they started off fairly well, but To Peterborough's credit, I think they were comfortable in defense and they grew into the match and they were the better side as we got towards the end of the first half. But I have to talk to you about this, and I know that you definitely love Dennis Adoy. and uh, Dennis Adoy has been such a, just a, basically just a great, I guess you could say utility player or just someone that you could count on on a regular basis. He might not play all the time. But he is someone that you can count on. You can play multiple positions. You can count on Dennis Adoy. But here's the thing, Giannis. When he's getting beat, you need to do what Marco Silva did to start the second half and take him off. Plus, he was very fortunate, very fortunate not to get another yellow card, in my opinion. But let's talk a little bit about Adoy and, and Tete coming on from. And, uh, you know, Dembele was just yeah. giving him nightmares. That's what started the first yellow. And then, of course, there was another opportunity where he could have gotten the second yellow. He did not. And there are going to be these matches where Dennis can be a very good fullback for Fulham. And then there are going to be these matches where he might be overmatched. This is one of them, Giannis. He was overmatched in this match. And I want to give credit uh, to uh, Marco Silva for making the change to Kenny Tate.
1: Yeah, I thought Dembele was excellent for them. I thought he was excellent for them. Um, he was certainly their best player. And, and, and you know what? Well, Monsieur Edouard, Mr. Edouard, I think it's been superb since, you know, since Tete went down. And, and he's proved his worth because since you know, the few games that Tete has been fit, he's, he's not been able to get in the lineup and Doy's done the job. I think the problem with, with Dennis uh, Peterborough was he got frustrated. Dembele was stripping him every single time and, it, and um, he probably didn't feel like he was getting enough cover. And um, he, he was, you know, maybe a little fortunate to get to the second yellow. on. And, and to be fair to Marco, I think that's what good coaching is about. It's, it, it's if a player's not having a good day or you think they're going off the boil, you look to make a substitution. It's not, it's not. I don't think there's so much of a reflection of Adoye. He's up against a tricky little winger who's having the better of the first half and doy was, you know, one challenge away from getting sent off, which would have changed the complexion of the game. And he's, He's got a ready-made right back there in Tete. That's right. Think, that's right. Yeah, very, very good substitution. It was a, it was a, it was a quality substitution. And I don't think Dennis Adore is going to sit there and moan and groan about being subbed. I think he knew he was not having one of those days. He was just, he was just not. Work, it wasn't happening for him, and that's fine. Um, so Tete came on, which was great. Yep. And um, you know, substitutions, substitutions as a coach is often about the. I mean, in amateur soccer, you can. You know, sub players in and out, and they can go back in and out, and what have you. But professional level, it's, it's about the feel of the game the momentum of the game, and when you make your subs and how you do it. And you know, I, I was watching the Man City-Man United game on the weekend, and there was the you know the talk that, that Pep didn't make any substitutions against United, but 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 uh, Pep would probably say to you, well, well, why did I need to? Because we were so in control <laughs> of the game. That's that right. I'm not, not going to bring a sub on just a time waste, a minute into injury time when we're two goals up, and they've they've had more shots on their own net than they ever had on ours. That's right. This was a different one. Um, Mark had sensed that there was momentum there, and at halftime he made the change. And um, the same as when he brought Tom Kearney on, Sarri had not had the greatest afternoon. Nope. And he felt that a change was needed just to change the, just the, the momentum. And he bought he Kenny on, and that's not a crime. I don't think Surrey had the, the worst game ever, but no. it just it wasn't happening for him. And, and I think good good management involves that. Just it's sensing the momentum and sensing how players are playing because not everybody's going to be playing at you know the top level. And um, it wasn't long after you know Kenny gets brought on that we worked, uh, about ten minutes out, I think, and then Mitro got the goal.
2: Right, and then Mitro gets the goal. But I do want to mention this, Giannis, and. It's just uh, just not fortune, but just it's just such a good thing that Fulham have the option to bring on Tom Kearney. Yeah. And I think Tom Kearney really changed the match because he, as uh, others have said to me, calmed the team down and it looked more of a team in control and he was making the key passes and yeah. he was moving Fulham yeah. around. Tom Kearney made a difference in this match. He has a role whether it's starting, whether it's coming off the bench, it's just great to have Tom Kearney back. And I just wanted to say that. Yep. And as you mentioned, later on, you know, again, I said this, Giannis. I truly believe this. I'm not, I don't think I'm just saying this. That goal was coming from Fulham. I said this on full time. I truly believe that foam had done enough to earn that goal. And they get the goal, a, a nice cross from Niskin's Cabano, who's everywhere, making an impact in so many of these matches but it's Metro again. And can you really fault the goalkeeper here? No, because the, the uh, cross was good and the goal was
1: even better. It, it's, it's, I think it's one of the best goals we scored this year uh, because I think and Dan Ferguson, Dan Ferguson's a better manager than he was as a player. Unbelievably, he actually got a, he actually got um, a Premier League medal with Man United. Don't talk to Roy Keane about that. He's still pissed off about that. <laughs> but, um, I thought it was a, an absolutely brilliant goal because if you, Peter defended our front three very, very well. And if you look at the build up, he's, uh, Cabana's basically, he's got two players in front of him and he stopped the ball. And it's like, it's almost like he was, you know, slow dribble stop, slow dribble s- s- stop. And he's, he's, lulled, he's lulled the defenders. But it just took a little turn of pace. And the beauty, the, the, the reason Ferguson would have been so pissed off, wasn't the fact that it was four yards out. It was the fact that his defenders got lulled into sleep for, for, for Cabana to make that first step to the left. That's right. allowed Mitra to make that little run inside. It was brilliantly done because it was an absolute perfect sucker punch. Because it looked like he was just standing there, well, is he going to dribble? Is he going to stutter? And meanwhile, it's lulling them. It lulled a lot. And then all of a sudden, bang. Boom. Yep. And that run, that run, that was just, that was a, that was the goal of a striker in the absolute form of his life. That it just took a little moment. It wasn't a lot. And I think that's probably the frustration with Ferguson because Ferguson's like, bloody hell, for 74 minutes, we stopped this bugger. And, you know, and then all of a sudden, um, bang, it's in the back of the net.
2: Right. You know what it reminded me, Giannis, a couple seasons ago with Mitro. Do you remember at Deepdale, yes. Mitro's goal to end the match? Remember yes. that?
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Again, he's a striker, and it this goes back to this whole situation with him last season. I agree. I think he looks fitter. I think he really looks lean, and but I do think that there was something going on last season. I just don't think he fit into Scott Parker, what he wants to do. It just didn't work, but it certainly works under Marco Silva. And I also want to give credit to Silva because I think that he's putting him in situations to succeed and working on his game. And I think they've all already talked about it. I've heard some talk that they've been working on getting him into these situations. And maybe that is why you saw the situation in some of the matches where he's scoring goals when he really shouldn't be scoring goals. He's just anticipating. And there seems to be a lot of that. He is in the right place at the right time and just scoring extra goals. But he's a striker in form, my friend.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, part, and, I, and, I, and this is where I'm going to – I think a lot of credit goes not just to Marco Silva but to the coaching team. You know, I um, sometimes I I, I I wonder, I look at – obviously the knives have been out for, for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Ole at the wheel at United but um we know that ollie doesn't run training sessions so if things are going wrong when they go out on the field and look as disjointed as let's say they did against united right then you've really got to look at the coaching staff there what are they doing in the training sessions and what are they doing in terms of the individual work to improve the players because really because that when i watched that game on the weekend it felt like men against boys because the Many United looked disorganized. They didn't look know what their look what their they didn't look like they knew what their role was. It was every time City, it was pass and move, and everybody seemed to know what they were doing. If you look at Mitro, um you can really see that not just in terms of the weight and the fitness, but where he has really improved his game. And I right. think that, you know, part of that obviously is the self-motivation thing but it's, it's the work that's been done on the training field and it's the coaching staff, the coaching staff that have done that. I mean, that have uh, sat down and said, okay, because I think good players will look back and they could, I mean, he could tell and say, well, you know, I, I didn't have a good season last year. I didn't get play a lot. And at some point a coach will say, no, look, um, you may have had differences with the previous coach and we can understand that. And the team may not have been very good and you're playing, you know, much higher caliber football. But at some point, you are partially responsible for what went wrong. And it might be, it could be, an, one thing it could be a number of things. So once you recognize that there are weaknesses or there are areas of strength that you can develop, and you've got coaches that believe in your coaching staff that keep reiterating things right. in the court, And not just about, it's not just about scoring goals. That, the, the cross to, to, to Wilson uh, against Blackburn Was absolutely absolutely forty yard pass cross field. Uh, We didn't. We weren't seeing this before this year. No, Um, he's changed as a player. The amount of assists he's got this year. His his passing ability is really improved. And for me, doesn't get enough recognition. His first touch has improved, but his passing and his recognition of the field and options of the ball has really improved. And that comes from coaching, and that's where I think that um, the the Fulham coaching staff deserve a lot of credit and this is absolutely
2: So yes. i don't think we're talking enough about the coaching staff. No, and,
1: and i look at you know you know you look at the fines we were saying before you know daniel farker you know uh neil neil warner yep well, the farker one still to me, mystifies me the warner one i think is disgusting because you they fired him on the morning off and said this is your last game they put wilder in but you know i think that's classless dean smith Okay, they've lost eighteen games this season. They've lost five on the spin, but Dean Smith's done a good job. He has, and 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 you lose a, a player for $100 million. um And remember, it's it's um it's it's not it's not Dean Smith that signed the players. It was Christian Persler. It's not that's playing. right. All right. So for me, um,
2: why isn't he taking some of the brunt of this, Giannis?
1: Well, that's and- uh, that's yeah, and that's and that's usually usually the way the way it is. Now, Um I think with I think. Even professionals at the, the, the top of the game need coaching, and and they need sometimes reminders, and sometimes they need development in certain areas that you know where there are areas that, that can be you know areas of weakness. So the coaching staff, I think, have helped to transform Mitro into the player. Is that run off the ball? I mean, it was it's such a thing of beauty, the, the whole move. And I ask everybody to just check what Cabano did, oh, and check what Mitro did, and Ferguson. I understand his annoyance, but sometimes you got to go, wow, that, that was just, that came out of nowhere. And quality teams do that. Exactly. That's what this goes
2: back to Giannis is that this isn't by accident. No, this it's victory not. is not by accident. No. The goals from Metro are not by accident. It's a combination of the players and the coaching staff. And I'm going to say this again. I'm glad that you brought this up. Marco Silva, Boa Morte, the entire coaching staff, getting the most out of their players. And I'm going to share this because, again, it's it's something that I totally agree with. This is from Darkwing009. 100% agree. The coaching has improved BDR and Metro. Chase the keepers, defenders down, and we have scored a few goals by forcing mistakes. You're 100% correct. And also says this about Metro, and I agree with this too. I think I think Mitro missed the fans and the interaction with them. Totally agree with that, and I think he's feeding off that. But I also think the work with the coaching staff, I think is taking him to the next level. Giannis. it's a combination. He missed the fans, but he's putting the work in. That to me is is the difference in Mitro. And I'm not saying he didn't do it with Parker. I just don't know if they were on the same page. It's obvious they're on the same page here.
1: Yeah, and and it's it's you know when I looked at the, the, the coaching staff that uh, Marco brought in, there was one. I mean, he obviously he kept a, he kept on Stuart Gray, which is great. He's, yeah, you know he's done a great job, and 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 I, and I like that. But there was one appointment that, that, that sort of you know piqued my curiosity. I have
2: a feeling I know where you're going to go, but go yeah, ahead.
1: Yeah, Antonius Lemonakis, because they worked together at Park Pals- Salonica in Greece, and it was a curious one. I remember thinking, you know, okay, this is. This is interesting, but he has. Um, when we talk about managers, you know they get grab their headlines, but you need to have someone who scouts the opposition might be in. And I know that Lemanakis, um didn't just work for. um, You know he worked for PAX and Olympiakos Press, He played. For, he, he he did um, analysis work for AEK Athens. So well versed in the, obviously in the Greek top league, and he was he had a really big reputation in terms of a real devil in the detail in terms of the teams that, the, 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 you know, the Greek teams were playing. So right. when, you know, when they took, when they had the walkthroughs the day before the games, like Fulham would have, um, he would sit down with the team and, and, and specifically talk, you know, they'd have an idea of who the lineups are going to be and say, okay, well, this is this player. This is how he works. This is where he has his strengths and his weaknesses. This is how he works, um plays at home versus when he plays on the road. And this is right. how he Deals with um, slick grass uh, versus wet conditions, versus right. cold conditions versus warm conditions, and he got a big reputation. So when Silver brought him in and they worked together in Greece, I thought, well, this is interesting because he's now going to he's now got a member of the staff who's going to really fill the players with information so that they they don't just understand their role, but they understand the role of the team that they're playing. The only thing that well, they won't know is the lineup. And the formation they might throw, but sometimes when you're playing against a player, uh and you 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 have that in depth knowledge. That's right. It, as the game evolves, depending on conditions, depending on where the score goes, it, it is a real leg up. And and I think you know he's put it's that edge, y- Giannis, that you're talking about. It's an it's edge, an edge. It's and an edge. yeah, I, and I I'm,
2: think that this coach you're talking about is given the players before they hit the pitch an edge and that to me, you know, and again, we've talked about this in, in other sports, it's winning the game, the match before it's even played. It's preparation. Yes. And if their preparation is done and they are ready and it gets into this difficult time and a player knows that he has an advantage over another player from the information he has been given, that could be that edge. And that's why I'm glad that we're talking about the coaching staff. Because they're doing a phenomenal job. They're putting the phone players in the best position to succeed, but they're also making them better. And I've always asked this question. And again, I'm not trying to slight Scott Parker and some might take it that way, but I'm just saying, you see how many players have been getting better under Marco. I'm asking the same question. How many players actually improved over with Parker and, I don't think many did over the course of the season. It just never really materialized. I, I think he's doing a phenomenal job. I want to give Scott Parker credit, total credit yeah. oh, where yeah. they are right now. He deserves credit. Honestly, he does, but I'm glad Fulham have Marco Silva because Marco Silva is getting the most out of these players, Giannis.
1: Yeah, and I don't, I don't think he's any less demanding than Scott Parker was, and I don't think he's any less tough on the players. I think Marco right. Silva is, but I think, I think one thing that he – Silva's done is he's also allowing his coaching staff to work more independently, one on one, with players in terms of and that the roles and responsibilities. I don't think it's any accident that Seri started playing as brilliantly as he did. I don't think, crazy, yeah. And I, I, I mean that 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 to me is no accident. They've unlocked
2: it, him. They've unlocked Niskins, yes. Bobby Decker, Dover Reed. We're talking yes. about Mitro. The list goes on and on of players that have made an impact. I'll even say Dennis Adoy. Yep. Yeah, Dennis. Yep. Yep. I think we're yep. seeing Dennis's best form as a full employer. I could be wrong, but I think this is some of his best form. Forget about the last match, just in general. Yep. They're getting the most out of all these players. And it's not by accident. It's by hard work from the players, but it's also by the coaching and stuff. I'm yep. glad you mentioned that. But listen, Yanis, we do need to wrap it up before we go. Give me your man of the match.
1: Oh it's got to be Roadie. It's got to be Roadie. I mean if 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 he hadn't made that save um, if he hadn't made that say from Clark Harris, I might have given it to Cabana because of the audacity of what he did with the cross. <laughs> because it was, it really, really was, it was an utterly, utterly brilliant move. And that's why he yep. had become one of the most, I mean, you, you, we talked about Wilson, we talked about Mitra, but Cabana's just off the charts right now. Right. But, um, uh, Rody, you know, and that's no disrespect to Gazzaneda. I didn't have a problem with Gazzaneda in that. I wasn't one of them calling, let's, let's get, let's get him out and let's put Rody in. No. Um, but I think it's great to have a one-two punch. Um I see Fabry got a start for the under 23s. I saw that last night. And don't forget our fourth keeper, Reese Porter. I don't think he's ever gonna get a game. But let's not forget he's he's, he's on that um he's on that pro- profile if you go onto the FFC website. Absolutely. Um, but but That's Brody. Brody, Brody, was, Brody, was, Brody, Brody was brilliant. And I can understand people feeling a little bit aggrieved. They're gonna stay up. They just, the, the problem that they're gonna have is they have to just uh, and this again is the coaching staff. They have to yep. adjust their mentality away from home because what I my friends say there that they're, they're, they're really they're miserable away from home and they're really yep. not good. Was at home they just look like a completely different team. Once they sort that out, I, th- I think they'll stay up. And um, Darren Ferguson is a legend. There, he's listen. He's I, I, I
2: want to give them full credit. I'm glad that you mentioned Darren Ferguson. I, yeah. I thought Darren, the only thing I will say in his. I wasn't too crazy about some of the things he said in his presser, but he's entitled. He's entitled to his opinion. He totally is entitled to his opinion. But it, again, the most important thing for him is he's doing a very good job at Peterborough. And I don't think they're going to get relegated. I think they're going to no. be fine. And um, they deserve credit for what they did against Fulham. I know people don't say moral victories, but I'm just going to say that they should be proud. I'm talking about the Peterborough supporters of their team. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Okay. Yep. Okay. One one final thing, my friend, I just want to share this because we are talking a lot about Marco Silva. So I just want to share this comment. says, happy players make good players take a bow, Marco. And just in general, I I agree with that, but I also agree with that Marco's doing a very good job, but it's his entire coaching staff. I mean, now, I,
1: yeah. I now I've, I've been team saying team
2: this, Giannis. I want to share this real quick. <laughs> Fulham will win the league. I still believe this, Giannis. I still believe... They will have enough to win the league. Now, if they don't win the league and get second, I'm not going to cry over spilled milk, honestly, because I just want them to win automatic promotion. But I think it could come. it's going to come down to the three teams. It will come down to the three teams. And right now, Scott Parker's team is in first. They deserve to be there. We'll see if they're going to be there by the end of the season, my friend.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think West Brom. I mean, they're six points behind us, and we've got better goal difference. There's so basically three games. Yep. I think the problem with West Brom is they need another striker, and and uh, I just I just when we played them at the cottage, I thought they were toothless. Yep, uh, and I, I expect, agree. I expected better, and I, and I do like Valerian Mishma. You can you know the sort of coach he was because look at the mess. I mean, Barzil they let Marcus Shot go because nothing was going right there. Yep. If they pick up if they pick up a, a, a player, on a I can't believe I'm going to say this, but a former player alone, a Dwight Gale, we've talked about him before. If they pick up a Dwight Gale, <laughs> if they pick okay. up Dwight Gale in January, then I think they can make a shot because I think Bournemouth, um, you know, they lost to Preston, Preston can beat anyone because they're that sort of team, yeah. But, um, you know, West Brom have the ability to be their, their best, but they're gonna to have to make a couple of signings, and I think we're, I think they're. I think they're okay at the back. They didn't play well against us. I think mean, they've got an excellent keeper, but I just think they need a striker or two up front. They shouldn't be beating Hull City one nothing. To be, I mean, really, I mean, Hull, Hull, a rank, rank poor. They're going down. Um, they need, they need a little bit more firepower. Whereas we've got right now. I yep. mean, where do we look to? Where do we look to strengthen? I, I mean, uh, um, I don't know. One thing I do know though is that Ruben Loftus-Cheek will never play for us again. And uh, and that I'm delighted at because um, I, I just cringe at the thought of some of the, his performances last year. And yet Scott, Scott, he kept playing him like Cavio kept playing him, kept playing him. I just didn't it just... understand
2: it in the end because again, it just didn't work. But I thought he would have, come good at some point yes but he certainly did not okay
1: i, I don't know what it was I, I don't i actually now thinking about it i just don't think he was up for it i think i don't yeah i don't think whereas people like you know players like mario lamina um who, I thought, he played for
2: the shirt i'll tell you I, that
1: yeah he he, he, de- he definitely played for the shirt and um um and uh but oh the cheek was just it was a gruesome signing <laughs> Really? whatever well, it was. I mean, he it was, it was, it was, it was a disaster. No,
2: nope, there's no there's no denying that, my friend. Yeah. One final comment before we wrap up the show. I, I, I've just enjoyed talking to you. We, we, we could talk forever, but we do have to wrap this up. David Clark, I just hope that this international break doesn't hinder our winning run. David, I'm thinking the same thing because it would be very foolish if it did, but I'm looking at the matches coming up. It shouldn't hinder them, but only time will tell. I hope it doesn't because there's an opportunity here to potentially strengthen Folm's position coming yes. out of the international break. There's a great opportunity to maybe increase their lead from second to third, and I hope that happens. Okay. Well, listen, we do have to wrap this up. I want to thank, as always, Giannis up in Canada. He always does a fantastic job. I always get a lot of positive comments. So We want, Giannis, we want more Giannis. I want more Giannis, <laughs> but he's a busy man. But we do have to wrap this up. For Janes, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18-plus, serving times, delivery fee, and term supply, see McDonald's.com.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.